welcome to Every Don't Soul Speedy. The old phrase of the day is shooby doo wop. Shooby doo wop. Now that sounds like a fun dance. You didn't even ask me what I think it is yet, but that's what I think. So you think the definition of shooby doo wop is a fun dance? I think that's a, a move you would do during a dance. You would do the shooby doo wop. You would do a shooby doo wop. Shooby doo. I'm not going to lie to you. This is kind of evil. There is I don't I don't know what the definition of should be do up is. You fiend. How could you do this to me, to our well, fans? W- <laughs> no, not the audience. Take me, but not the audience. <laughs> I it was just like a, a nod to uh Rudolph Isley, who passed away uh in the past week. One of the founding members of the Isley brothers, and uh I looked up the lyrics to Shout, their big song. And uh, I like that I just kept saying shooby doo wop doo wop doo wop. <laughs> I was like, let me put, we don't get enough shooby doo wops anymore. Let me get a shooby doo wop in there. You're right. Shout out to the doo wop days. Yeah, shooby doo wop. So I threw that in there. Yeah. I just think, can, can you imagine that you helped write and record the song that is the best part of the best day of everyone's lives? Wow, yeah. That's really special. Yeah, to have an impact on so many people's happiness. Wow. Yeah, and the guy who did the cha-cha slide, I think his name's DJ Casper. I think he passed away this year too. So two of the best parts of weddings passing away this year. Very sad, but you you were at my wedding. I was. And shout was like one of my favorite parts of the wedding besides of the, you know, marrying my wife. <laughs> it was good that you tacked that on there because your excitement was so palpable. I was like, "Oh, that was the highlight. Oh, my gosh. Speedy, can I tell you something funny? Um, yeah. I did something. That's like one of the worst things that I do is I'll speak in hyperbole and say something's the greatest thing that ever happened to me and then turn to Tina, <laughs> my wife. Like, but obviously, <laughs> except for because <laughs> um, I, I just this is we always go off topic. We never stay on topic. I do all this work. I make a giant Google Doc, and then I think of something I wanted to tell you that I haven't told you, which is what Regis Philbin used to do. He would, like, not talk to his co-hosts until they went on the air. This is what happens. I don't talk to you, and then I want to tell you something. Um, this week, thanks to our producer uh, at the show I work on uh, at ABC, his name is uh, Matthew, and he showed me that there was this, I don't know if you knew this, there was a disco Star Wars song that went number one in 1978. Somebody remixed all the music to Star Wars. And like, well, he didn't remix. He recorded it separately to be a disco like medley. It was a 15-minute medley. And the three-minute version was number one for two weeks, which no Star Wars song ever actually did, except for the disco parody. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Wow. And, and something, yes. uh, you know, old-timey, is being appreciated. Actually, two different old-timey things melded together, appreciated now. Yes. Wow. Well, it, it's just me and my my coworkers who are old souls as well. But anyway, <laughs> um, when I found out about it, I because I worked the overnight shift, I texted my wife at three in the morning, and I said I sent a link to the fifteen-minute song, and I said this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> Except, of course, marrying you. (laughs) But this is awesome. It's by Miko, Meko, M-E-C-O. Anyway, um, I have a lot of things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, One thing I wanted to tell you is I have an awkward celebrity meeting story. Oh. Because I've been, you know, I've interviewed a lot of famous people in my life. And when I'm in a professional capacity, 
I'm, I'm like, I'm wearing a suit and I'm like an adult about it, but because I'm, I'm at work. But when I'm, when I see someone randomly and I didn't have time to mentally prepare myself, I, I don't act normal enough. <laughs> Because I'm like, because it's always like an opportunity. Like, do I, I do I need this selfie? Like when I saw Conan getting coffee in Boston, I was like, I need to get a selfie with him. Uh, or uh, I see someone I want to come on the podcast, uh, which there was a band that I had agreed to come on the podcast, gave me their email, and then has not replied to me. Uh, so like, there's I'm always like, oh my god, I can't waste this moment. This is so lucky. I didn't, but you have to eventually be like, I live in New York. It's fine, Danny. There are famous people here. But anyway. Uh, I have an awkward... I want you to tell me if this celebrity meeting story is awkward. Okay. I'm ready. I also... You'll be honest with I, me. I will be dead honest with you, and I'm already amused at the idea that uh, when you do interview someone, you have time to prep, and so that's why you act normal. Your prep work is you <laughs> figuring out how to be normal. So... Yes. I already have my plan. Yes. <laughs> I know what I want to do. I know what I want to get out of it. What questions I want to ask. But when I see them, it's it's like uh, this is the worst example ever. It's like in Pokemon when you run into a really rare legendary Pokemon <laughs> and you you have no way of catching it. So um, the famous person at hand, or there's two actually, but it's uh, Oscar-winning actor. Who I don't know, Speedy, if you know. Hmm. Okay. So now you can say you do and make me look bad for thinking you might not. Well, we'll see about that. I'm pretty hermity, so. <laughs> <laughs> the actor at hand is Kevin Klein. And the name rings a bell, but goodness, I oh, couldn't God. tell you what this man has done. What a build up. <laughs> Would have been so much more exciting if I got to yell at you and defend my honor right now. But no, I don't know. I don't know who it is. He's in A Fish Called Wanda. He won an Oscar for that. Oh, goodness. That is on my list to watch. I haven't seen it. Uh, okay. Uh, he's he's in uh, the big chill, in and out. Really big deal. Went to Juilliard. His wife is Phoebe Cates who is the woman who's famous, iconic for Fast Times, Ridgemont High. She's in the red bikini. Mm. They were carrying her cutout everywhere in the video store in uh, Stranger Things. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm nodding my head, everybody. I think it's almost funnier if I was awkward about it and you still don't know who it is. And I'm like freaking <laughs> out. And you're like, Danny, you could just calm down. I don't even know this guy. But no, he's a really big deal to me. Anyway. My brother and I went to see, and, and, and my wife, who's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I love you so much. Um, we went to go see their child, because some indie singers come from famous people. And one of them is Frankie Cosmos, who's one of my faves. And it was the last stop on her tour. So I said to my brother, there's a good chance I feel like that Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates would come see their daughter play. Um, and we were upstairs. We were not in the VIP section. We were standing next to it. And um, I looked over, and I saw them. Uh, now, they were in masks. Mm. And it was a dark, like, New York uh, theater. So you are a and big was, fan. 
You could sniff them out under those like, conditions? Yeah. I was like, Eric, that is his nose. I'm positive. <laughs> that earlobe, I could identify anywhere. Yes, I know. Yes, that's an Oscar-winning earlobe. <laughs> um, and I, my wife is like, stop looking at him. He's a human being. He's here to see his daughter. And, and she's right. But I was just so excited. And I want to tell him it means a lot to me. So um, he, he was in line for the bathroom. And oh. I happened to go. <laughs> I also had to go to the bathroom. Because I always like to go before the show. So I'm not thinking about it the whole time that I have to go to the bathroom. It was not planned. <laughs> it, this, this was not. It, it is sounding like it might have been premeditated. But I'll trust you. I'm going to believe. That you would not stalk this you know man during his most vulnerable moments. He's got a weak bladder. I've got a weak bladder. We have so much in common. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Uh, no, I really, it was a complete accident. I did not know he was going to be there. Uh, but he was there. And um, I got behind him and I was just letting him, t- he was talking to somebody. And then he like turned around he was talking to his friend and he was like he was like yeah this this is a late late night what time is it and then he like his eyes kind of went towards me and then i'm really loud and i went i'm gonna lean back i was like yeah it is a late night isn't it okay. <laughs> it's late huh <laughs> it's so late please notice my loud voice please notice my loud voice oh. he, he, like it is late <laughs> and it's late oh oscar no. winning late Mm, exactly and how you'd act like, around a normal yeah. person. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you must be Kevin Klein's earlobe. Um, <laughs> so then he like looks at me and I was like, it's late, but it's worth it. You know, we're seeing Frankie Cosmos, who is his daughter. And I was like, you know, uh, and I, I can't wait to see. She's going to be so good. And then... He, like, gives this look that's like, oh, this guy doesn't know who I am. Ha! What and a I fool. Like, yeah, and he, and he just goes, I know. And it was in a way that's like, of course I know. She's my daughter. Uh, but I was like, wait, I can't, I can't have Kevin Klein thinking that I don't know who he is. Oh, my I know God. Who he, is. <laughs> he has to know that I know who he is. And I was like, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a really big fan. Oh. And then, like, I kind of, like, I kind of, like, turned into his ear a little bit so it makes sure he could hear me because it was loud in there. And I was like, I just want you to know that uh, when I got out of the hospital for my second uh, surgery for cancer, uh, the first movie that I wanted to watch that my wife and I watched when I was uh, re- in- recovering uh, was your movie, in and out because uh, it always made me and my dad laugh growing up, and I just wanted you to know that. Wow. Um, is it one or, is it number one or number two? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have because so anyway. you got straight to the personal. So at that point. <laughs> it is loud in here, cancer. I had cancer. <laughs> it's so late. It's so late. I had cancer. Please talk to me. Do you like podcasts about Beatles music? Um, <laughs> and uh, so then he basically before i finished my sentence started to walk away oh but, like he 
but he like put his hand on my shoulder while he was doing it like he's done this a million times and i i don't think he wanted to be spotted yeah so he like he like put his hand on my shoulder and he was like thank you son i appreciate that i really appreciate that and walked away well you know what i was like okay okay yeah lots of thoughts on this interaction lots of thoughts um first of all i mean i'm not sure what else you do say in that situation when you are kevin so you he probably said exactly what he would have said whether you act normal or not so <laughs> i think you you got <laughs> do you think if i said yeah. do you think if i said will you come on our podcast he would have said thank you son i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> If you had asked him, is it number one or number two, he would have said, you know, thank you, son. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, son. I appreciate it. <laughs> How many times have you said that, Kevin? Tell me. <laughs> but do you, do you, do you, do you think it was awkward? What um, do you think? He, here's the thing, Danny. Do I think you did, <laughs> do I think you did anything that you shouldn't have done or said anything that you shouldn't have said? No, I don't. I don't think so. It, the manner in which you said it, am I imagining that perhaps it was a little unusual, especially in the setting of this bathroom line, and he clearly didn't want to be noticed and had an opportunity to say, actually, I'm her father, and chose to not say so. <laughs> the circumstances were awkward. I I would say. Yes. Yes. I, I should point out, this was the line in front of a gender-neutral bathroom. We were not in the men's room. We were not, like, waiting for the stall. Like, we were talking outside of the bathroom. Like, it was, like, a single bathroom, and we were in line for it. This helps. Right, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> we were not in the bathroom. Not in the bathroom. You were not standing side by side. Uh, shoulder to shoulder at the urinals. That was not yeah, it. I, I was yeah. like, looking over and I was like, <laughs> you mean so much to me and my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By you, way, you didn't. Let me just acknowledge. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Continue making fun of me. Oh, no. no, no. Uh, I, I was just yeah. going to paint more ridiculous scenarios. I was going to say you didn't uh, pull your collar aside and make him stare at your surgery scars. You know, it. Sounds like you were <laughs> while, respectful. He was while he was peeing. Yes. Yes. Look at my scar. Yeah. Doctor said I was tough. He said I was tough. <laughs> he said I was a real big boy about it. <laughs> will you and tell me I I'm said, a big boy? I'm yeah, will you tell me I'm a big boy? <laughs> Doctor, do you think Kevin Klein thinks I'm a big boy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, one other... One other thing I want to pull well, two things. One, the movie In and Out that I mentioned does not age perfectly. I just want to say that. Mm-hmm. It meant a lot to me growing up. Not all movies age well from our childhood. And that's true of that movie. There are some parts that do, some parts that don't. But Kevin Klein is a great actor. Um, two, during the concert, there was a part where Frankie Cosmos, the singer, his, him and Phoebe Cates' daughter, uh, did like, a, she did like a special thing. She's like, I want to acknowledge some some special people in the audience tonight, uh, and then didn't bring up her parents at all, which could either mean two oh. things. One, 
her parents were not there, and that was just a dude in his 70s in a mask <gasps> who I started blabbering to about. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's that's very funny. S- you did describe him wearing a mask in the dark. He was wearing a mask oh my in gosh. the dark. Um, he could have just been like, this guy's crazy. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and now he's telling me about cancer. So the only thing I can yeah, do like, yeah, is pretend I that I, I am this famous person. <laughs> it seemed too too well practiced of a shrug off to not have been him. Uh, mm. Two, it means they were really trying to keep a low profile and I ruined it. Mm. Question. Were there other people in this line near you that could have overheard no, it was too loud in there. I mean, his friend was standing by yeah. that he was with. He w- uh, There's another awkward part of the story, but it would involve my brother, and I don't want to make fun of my brother. Uh-oh. So I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, very earnest brother. Um, I, it, I, I can't stress enough. I really just, I always go to the bathroom before the concert starts, so I don't have to go during the concert. I did not know he was going to be there. <laughs> I had stopped suspecting that it was premeditated, but now that you've re-brought it up, the concerns oh, no. have come back. Oh, no. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it. But like I said, if I'm interviewing someone for work, I'm normal because I have time. It's just when I had them in a fleeting moment, I'm like, do I talk to them? Right. Like my first weekend here, I saw Gerard Carmichael at a deli. Oh, my gosh. And I got it. And he means a lot to me. And I told him that. And we got a picture together. And we talked. And he's a really nice guy. Uh, but then my cousin showed up. And he was like, Danny, we're in New York now. You're just going to have to get used to this. Wow. Like, okay. Fine. That's true. And I I hear tell from who? Who did I hear this from? I don't know. But I hear tell <laughs> that celebrities prefer New York for that reason. Because for the most part, they can walk around and live their lives. And people aren't going to bother them. People just don't care as much. Uh, versus L.A. Uh, they're expecting to get swarmed a bit because it's Hollywood. Did that make it worse? The facade. Uh, I did get recognized this morning while I was on a walk with my wife. Did you really? That's exciting. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, uh, he had recognized me before. So. Before. Oh, he, in a previous instance? I had seen this man before. Yes, oh. he had come up before and said, hey, your name's Danny O'Day, right? Like the puppet from the 50s. It's a ventriloquist dummy named um, Danny O'Day. And he was joking because it's really Danny New. And then he saw me today and he was like, hey, it's Danny O'Day. So so now you have an inside I'm joke with famous. this man. Wow. Yeah. There's only one man who has recognized me in New York and he thinks I'm a puppet. <laughs> Moving on. Well, Now that I've been emasculated for 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, well, this is a perfect stopping point because I actually just got... Uh, an urgent work thing that I need to respond to. It should take okay. 60 seconds. Um, okay, if you would that. like to vamp or <laughs> something. I, I, will, I will vent. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll filibuster. Everyone, for work, because I work at Disney, uh, I've had to watch The Golden Bachelor every week. I don't usually watch reality television. Uh, that's no indictment on reality television. Um, I just, I work, I used my last shift was morning TV, and I usually was in bed by the time it came on. Uh, And I'm not really a big fan of reality television. (laughs) Uh, But for work, my boss wanted me to watch Golden Bachelor because it's our new show. And uh, I'm proud to say that I am in love with Gary, the Golden Bachelor. 
Uh, oh gosh, I can't, I can't, res- I can't respond yet because I have to watch this video and I have to send it off. But I too was made to sit down and watch The Golden Bachelor with my mother when I no. when I visited her. I just came back from Chicago. No. I was just with her, <gasps> and I am in love with Gary, and I want him oh to pick gosh. me. You watched The Golden Bachelor? I've seen the first I two episodes. I assume you didn't. I've seen, I, yeah, I saw the first two episodes, and I would like to save him from from those, those w- w- no, there's many nice women. They're all lovely. Truly, they are. But he's a real catch, and I would like to steal him. I would like to have Gary. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this makes me so happy. This Put it on the poll. Is this the youngest person you've ever been in love with? <laughs> You know, this is a great question. You know, I've had Have I've had crushes, Danny, but gosh, I'm not sure I've known a love quite like my love for Gary. You know, he he's he's husband ever... material. <laughs> you know, he's the real deal. Have you ever been in love with someone that Dick Van Dyke could call Junior? You know your real love. <laughs> my my real love. That's true. Do do love Dick Van Dyke. My biggest crushes they are they are the oldies. Dick Van Dyke, Gary from The Golden do Bachelor, to... Cary Grant. <sighs> do you need to send this work email or not? I do. I do. It's very okay, urgent go do actually. That. <laughs> okay, go do it. Go Do you need to get off the phone or are you good? No, I'm okay. But my love has blinded me just for a moment. Returning this to work so now. So funny. Okay. Well, I okay. You keep working. I brought this up because I was like, okay, this is the one thing on the topic sheet that I know Speedy um, will not have watched. That's hysterical. And now I, Speedy, keep working. But now I know <laughs> that you watch this. And now I don't want to talk about it in the filibuster because I'm worried that I'll say something juicy. <laughs> it's not that I don't like reality television. Because my wife watches The Bachelor in Paradise on ABC, and she thinks it's fun. I just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of him. I yeah. Anyway, The Golden Bachelor is one of the first times in my life where I I'm watching a reality show because I grew up watching a lot of reality shows. I watched I Love New York and Flavor of Love and whatever the Brett Michaels one was. I watched all those shows and I grew up thinking that I didn't believe those shows. But with The Golden Bachelor, I really believe Gary. Like I really think he wants to find love. First off, every time something goes wrong, he cries. So, you know, he's not Kevin Klein. He's not an Oscar-winning actor. So he must be earnest. And, like, I just, like, believe him. Everything that happens with Gary, I'm like, this guy really wants to find love in life. And I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. And he's so handsome and good. Where has he been hiding, Indiana? Where has he been hiding? So I'm just... I've also only watched two episodes. I did not watch the third one. We're taping this on a Friday. Speedy's still typing. Um... What else is good about the Golden Bachelor? Uh, they're really horny on that show. And I'm back just in time for the big oh. H. Hello, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> they're very horny on the show. <laughs> well, see, now I've seen episodes one and two. I have not seen the third. Same. I don't know if it's come out. Same. But I was surprised at the amount of action that gary got right away there was lip smacking there was tongue <laughs> there was tongue oh goodness there was yeah i did not scrutinize that closely but i do believe i believe that there was 
And uh, so for work, because we talk about it on our show, um, which is on ABC, I'm disclosing. And so is a Golden Bachelor. Um, they wanted, they'd like to doing a kiss count. Mm. So I had to sit there, and every time there was a kiss, I'd have to yell, like, kiss! And I'd have to write it down. <laughs> so I know for a fact there's been a lot of kissing. Wow. Did you count also the previews for the future episodes? Because, my goodness. So there are two schools of thought. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this thought. <laughs> so that's from The Office, when he asked, he asked Dwight about, like, I think it was, like, what to do in a bear attack, and then Dwight goes, so there are two schools of thought. <laughs> uh, you know, I had that thought. I do not count the previews. Mm. I see. Because it would have skyrocketed. Goodness gracious. I'm so glad you liked that show. I, I will say, I wish they made a version of it that was for us. You mean like, you mean like the regular Bachelor? No, 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 no. no. I, I, don't, I don't mean like I wish they'd. I wish The Bachelor in Paradise, which comes on directly afterwards. No, I meant, <laughs> that's really funny. No, I meant, I want a Golden Bachelor version that's for people who will who will get the references. Mm. Oh, interesting. I see. Like, I want them to be like, you know what was great? Harold and Maude. That was a great movie. <laughs> and I'll be like, that was a great movie. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> that's true because on this show they do the reverse they have the people say um the young people phrases i think gary says at one point oh my my grandkids said that i have riz no 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 oh yeah we don't want and then and then that, that woman was, was like you're was like you're dope right oh she did say like, that too yes yeah right which yeah. gets a chuckle from the young Arbor. people but not for the old souls I agree, Danny. No, I want them to be like, you know who I saw in a concert that was great? Jerry and the Pacemakers. They were awesome. They, <laughs> like, I'm like, you know who I love? The Monkees. That was a great show. I'm like, that was a great show. Thank you. You know who was funny? Abbott and Costello. They were funny. Thank you. Yes. Like, I just want them to say the things that I that we think. I want that version of the show. Anyway, I'm glad we both like it. Okay. Yes. Could could you hear me typing just now? Admittedly. Yeah, of course. Of course. Shameful. That's okay. Shameful. We're, we're, no, this is uh, office ASMR. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I wanted to also mention while you're typing that I, I, the Strike Force 5 podcast was the greatest thing that ever happened to me besides my, besides my wife. Besides my wife. But yes, it was incredible. Uh, the insight from the five of them was just awesome. And they brought on Jon Stewart and Letterman, and it kicked butt, and I listened to it a thousand times. My brother and my dad and I would text every day and talk about it, and it was like a sporting event for us. And my favorite part, or the hardest I laughed, um, Tabidi will like this. You keep typing, though. Uh, they were saying their favorite like late-night bits that they've seen over the years, and Seth Meyers said his favorite was when um, Conan did a monologue in, 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 in front of entirely children. The audience was all children, and he didn't change the jokes. So it was all kids, and he didn't change the jokes. And uh, he comes in, and he's like, "See this? You guys see this story about Barbara Streisand, whom you all know from Yentl?" I've been knee deep in this email, but when I hear Yentl, my little ears perk up like a chihuahua when when Thank there's you. a begging strip. 
sorry, I keep going. Please keep pitying me. Thank you. Okay. Um, one other thing I'll talk about before we get to our main topic. This is such a good podcast. Um, Paul McCartney has a podcast called Life and Lyrics. It's like from the tapes for when he was uh, working on the book that came out about him a couple of years ago called The Lyrics. And uh, I have a top three list of Paul McCartney lyrics that I would like explained since this podcast is talking about different lyrics of his. Um, number one would be Let It Be. I would like to know who Mother Mary is. And on the third episode last night, I discovered that they revealed this. Uh, that let his, his mom's name was Mary. Which I probably could have looked up. But I didn't know that. I always thought it was about like Jesus' mom. And maybe it is a little bit. But he said he actually had a dream where his mom came to him. His mom passed away when he was like 14, unfortunately. Um, from complication from a surgery for uh, cancer. Uh, but his mom came to him and said, let it be in the street. And then he woke up and wrote a song about it. So that's who Mother Mary is in that song. It says, Mom, but, you know, if you find meaning in that song, that, of course, you have the right to do that. Number two, uh, he has a song from his solo days called Magneto and Titanium Man, where he talks about three superheroes that are real. Magneto from the X-Men, Titanium Man, and the Crimson Dynamo, who was in... um. Who is I think was in uh, the Scarlet or the Black Widow movie? He's in the Black Widow movie. I think David Harbour plays him. So I'd like to know about why he likes comic books and what comic books Paul McCartney reads. Anytime a super successful person also does nerdy things that I do, I want to hear about it because it makes me feel better about myself that they do the thing that I do. Like if Paul McCartney was like, you know what I love? Animated shows about Star Wars. I'd be thrilled. He was like, you know what I don't mind doing? Watching my college football team and getting upset when they lose. That's valid, Danny. If Paul McCartney said, Danny, it's valid to feel upset about your sporting teams, I would feel a lot better about what I do with my Saturdays. And number one, the number one, or I guess number three, because I did this in the wrong order. Number three, Paul McCartney lyric, I would like explained, is the song, Why Don't We Do It In The Road? And then he says, No One Will Be Watching Us. Paul, did you learn nothing from being a Beatle? People are watching you, man. They're watching you all the time. You guys stopped touring because they were going so crazy. I think they're watching you. If you just don't do it in the road, Paul. Don't do it in the road, okay? Speedy continues to type. I hope this is funny for the audience and like a. Uh, in a like terribly unprofessional me. way. <laughs> uncomfortable way this, Danny's filibustering this whole podcast is about your personal discomfort hooray yeah are you done with your email yet are you still gone yes I have just finished I have told someone what to do so that they can do it anything else you need to do not at the moment well you missed all my big jokes so I sure did the only thing I heard was Yentl. You didn't hear me say Paul McCarty has a new podcast about lyrics? I, I did not, shockingly. you got to be kidding me. Are you this good at tuning people out? I'm I am. I'm so bad at tuning people out. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. I actually cannot multitask. I can only do one thing at a time. It was like I had That's earmuffs incredible. on. Do you ever, so this is how nosy I am. My <laughs> wife and I were coming from our walk where I was recognized as being a puppet. <clears throat> my, my wife and I were walking uh, 
into the elevator and there was another woman on the phone trying to get in the elevator. And all I heard her say in her conversation was um, to somebody, she was like, listen, it's, it's not about trying to figure out uh, what to do in the situation. It's trying to figure out what people would think of you as you do something in this situation. And then Tina said, what's going on? And I was like, oh, this woman's explaining the plot of punked to somebody. And then she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, she's talking about what you would do in a specific situation. What would happen? She's like, I didn't hear that. And I was like, oh, well, I was paying attention to her phone conversation because <laughs> they're right next to you and you want to know what they're talking about. I'm a journalist. <laughs> That's true. You're a okay. journalist. It probably changes how you yeah. listened, listen to the world around you. <laughs> yeah, I eavesdrop. Um, okay, let's talk about Hocus Pocus. Uh, like I've said, I work for Disney. This is the Disney movie. Before I was a Disney employee, I watched it every year. It is a tradition of mine. And it's a tradition of mine that Speedy did not know about. Yes. And was shocked when I said, hey, Hocus Pocus just turned 30. I don't really know if it's an old soul movie or not, but I really want to talk about it. Yeah. And again, shockingly, gosh, 30 years ago, that's pretty old. Um, not to go on the 500th tangent of this podcast, but I guess at this point we're all, we're all in on that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other day I drove past a building. It was a jewelry store. And underneath the name of the store, written very proudly in huge letters, it said, founded in 1980. And my reaction to that was, well, that's not very impressive. Why would you put that <laughs> on the building? And then I realized, I, oh, oh, my God, that's half a century ago. Half a century? Of course they're proud of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you think it was worth it? Now you think 1980s is brag worthy? Once I realized it was half a century, then yes, that gave it, put it into perspective. But on its face, I'm like, 1980, that was yesterday. That's bleh. Like, movies in 1980, I consider modern movies, you know? Uh, I Well, yeah, we know you think that. I, I always <laughs> try to, like, think about, like, when did they put up the sign? Like, did they do it the year it opened? Because that's weird. That's like right, that's weird. That's like jinxing yourself. But then, like, did they get to 1987? You're like, you know, it's been seven years. Right. We're clearly going to make it. We should put up a sign. <laughs> Let them know. Because you'll see that, like, basically, if there is a two in the beginning of the year, it's not impressive to me. Even yes. if it that could mean 25 years in two years. But, like, oh, if there's a 19, like I'm like, oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, college freshman right now, born in 05. Anyway, um, okay, so Hocus Pocus has turned 30. Does that make it an old soul movie? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> Probably not, but you really want to talk about it, so fine. Right. Yeah, it, I mean, it's similar to our ages, and we're still considered young folk, so I guess it's not an old soul movie. It's appropriate for our age to like it. But it came out before we were born. Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> hardly, Danny. Hardly. Hardly, Danny. It was on VHS. Um, okay. Let's start here because I made you watch this movie. Did you think his name was Zachary, but it's actually Thackeray? Because <laughs> that took me about three times to figure out. That's hysterical. Wow. My my highly disappointing answer, because I want to be honest with you, is that I never pick up on character names in anything that I watch. So that makes no difference to me. 
I have no clue. Yeah, what... but his name's Thackeray. Thackeray. I have no clue what anyone's name is. Bette Midler. What was in her character in any movie I ever watch? Winifred. Winifred. Okay, didn't know. Sarah Jessica Parker. Who's she? Oh. I don't know. Uh, uh, the creepy witch. She's really creepy in this movie. Um. Okay. Uh, what's the n- name of the the kid? The main kid playing played by that that guy. I think his name's Omri. What's up? What's the main guy's name? His name's Max Speedy. G. Beats me. G. Wiz. Beats me. G. Oh Wiz. I don't know. Okay, fine. Thackeray Binks. Okay. <laughs> um. Did you? Let's actually start here. Yes. Did you like this movie? I did. I really did. And not just saying that because you like it so much. Okay. So because you hadn't really seen it. Yeah. Um. Do you get it? Do you get why people talk about it every single October? Yeah, I I would say that I really do because I think it manages to be campy and fun without feeling like, oh, I'm watching this this baby movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's it's spooky, Little spunky baby. fun, but it's not juvenile. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you won't touch me, Winifred. I know Kevin Klein, and he said I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. <laughs> so I've always contended, and no one has ever used the word contended when talking about Hocus Pocus. Pocus. But I've always contended. I, I do declare. I do proclare. Proclare? Proclare. Proclare. I doth proclare. Uh, the lady doth proclaim too much. I proclaim <laughs> that what makes this movie work is that the kids are basically adults. So if you're a kid watching this movie, you think it's cool because the kids are adults. And if you're an adult watching this movie, you're like, okay, well, they're kind of adults. Because, like, mm-hmm. in this movie, the parents are taken out of the picture as a kid, I thought it was incredible because he has a sleepover with Allison, which I thought was insane at the time. Like, that yeah. they fall asleep together. Like, they cuddle. Nothing happens. But, the, you know, like, they snuggle. That To me, I thought that was really cool when I was growing up that he could do that, have a sleepover with a girl. Um, candy is treated like alcohol. <laughs> They're like, oh, he had too much candy. He's going crazy. Like, it, you know, they have, like, because a kid, when you're a kid, you think alcohol is really cool because you can't have it and your parents like it. So you... You think that's cool, but they have candy and it's treated like alcohol. So as a kid, you're like, well, that sounds cool and attainable. So they create this like utopian dystopia of like child autonomy <laughs> on their own little adventure, saving the world on their own. And because of that, I like it. The movie doesn't feel that juvenile. Does that any of that make sense or do I sound insane? It really does. It really does make a lot of sense, truly. And like you say... I'm not sure that Hocus Pocus has been discussed in quite this way. Maybe it has, but I, I can but really you tell you've had years to soak this in and, and come to these conclusions. Yes, I think you're quite confirm. right. Let me just confirm. Kids, don't, don't drink alcohol. Do not. Not till you're 21, okay? No alcohol. <laughs> but as a kid, you, you, know, you, you always wonder about it. But then you turn to candy. All right. Um, Thank you. So you don't think, I know I'm being very uh, analytical about a movie about uh, witches coming back, but I really feel this way. 
There's got to be a reason. It's a phenomenon. The movie was not did not do well in, in theaters. And not only did it not do well in theaters, it came out in July. What? It came out July 16th, 1993. Who chose that? That's wild. Do you think, do you think the trailer was like, well, now that July 4th's over, <laughs> consumerism says it's time for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I work for Disney, and Disney never made a wrong decision. It's a cult movie, and it was, and therefore, you did. July was the right call, Disney. Yes, I love you. Exactly. Yes. Great idea. It worked. <laughs> but yeah, like there has to be a reason that it's endearing, because I mean, people like Halloween Town too. Yeah. Um, but they like Hocus Pocus more. They like it a lot more, and and yeah, Halloween Town does feel a bit more childlike. Which I'd have to walk, yeah, watch I mean, it again yeah. to dissect that, but yeah. Well, Halloween Town's like a true decom, so it's very low budget. Yeah. It really did come out on air, I think, not on the, in the movies. Okay, another question for you. Every year, I make fun of this one line, because there's this one really weird part that makes this movie a little too adult, and it's in the first 30 minutes when they're at Allison's, that's the girl, when they go to her house, to her house party, there's this one line that the, the little sister says, and every year I can't get over it. It's so cringe. Do you Did you pick up on it, and do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, goodness. There were actually a number of lines that made me uncomfortable. So it could be okay. <laughs> a number of them. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, uh, gosh. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought the virgin jokes were funny, but I was taken aback by how often it came up. Uh, by the the fake police officer man pulling him to the side and going, so are you are you really a virgin? And super weird. Super yep. weird. <laughs> I thought it was weird when the little sister was laying in bed pretending to be the main kid's uh, girlfriend slash crush. I thought that was weird. And I'm trying to recall what the little girl said at the the girl's house. But it probably didn't ruffle my feathers because my feathers were already ruffled. They were pre-ruffled. So it was just in line with what I had already been seeing. It was hard for you to be shocked when you were already. Yeah. But if you tell me the line, I'm going to go, oh, of course. Um, Okay. So three, two, one. (laughs) Well, let me, I'm trying to find the direct line now. So they're at the house. Allison comes down. Doesn't think it's weird at all that this guy who got her number earlier in the day is now at her house. That's totally normal. <laughs> um, and then he's drinking cider with her, and his sister kind of blows his cover on his crush on her. And the sister comes over and says, Max is always talking about your yabos. Oh, wait a second. And I think she means... Oh, no, yes. Because it's plural. It is plural, yes. Yes. And I looked it up, and that's on Urban Dictionary, and it's only in reference to that movie. So it's always made me wonder, did the guy who wrote this movie think, like, okay, like, I really need a more childlike synonym for those? Right. Like, is that just the word, the nickname that they use in their home? Like, hoo-ha. He just made one up. Yeah. Did he, 
did he make one up? Because I Googled it and I didn't see it anywhere else. And I've always thought it's so unnecessary and weird. He could have just been like, my brother always talks about you and how much he loves your face. Mm. Done. Yeah. Point covered. And it would, so it would just, be equally uh, yeah. uncomfortable for the scene. Like, what? That's a weird thing yeah. to say, child. Still, yeah. Yeah. But why, why are you having, a, like, a 10-year-old Thor Birch say Yabos? Just always thought that was the weirdest yeah. thing that's ever. Yeah. No, you're so right. I, I did cringe when that happened and was confused as well because I had never heard that. And now I know it's fake. So, so. I, I think it is. I don't right. know. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you know the etymology of the word Yabos. Um, okay. Another question. So I was a kid that was easily scared. Um, I watched The Ring when I was in first grade. Oh. I made it through 10 minutes. And then I would sleep in my parents' bed all the time. <laughs> so as a kid, I was scared of stuff easily. Um, and uh, I just wanted to ask you, if you watched this movie as a kid, would you have been traumatized by all the children eating that they do in this movie? That's so funny. Specifically the children eating, I think I would have been okay with just because of tales like Hansel and Gretel. You go to the house in the woods and you get eaten, blah, blah, blah. I had heard things like that before, so it wouldn't be too shocking. Um, weirdly for me, I was allowed to watch scary things growing up, but not sad things. So I think the thing about, uh, you know, the little girl dying and the Emily thank you <laughs> and the <laughs> and the br the nameless brother what's his name what's his name Thackeray Binks Thackeray Binks thank you Thackeray Binks uh, staying alive uh, blah, 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 all those years and then him dying and then walking off in the sunset together all of that stuff would have scarred me in an emotional way but the scary stuff I don't think would have would have gotten to me necessarily. I understand, but that yes. I mean that that is part of it though. Like the idea that this is a kids movie, and the in the first ten minutes a girl dies. Yeah, because she has her soul sucked out by Sarah Jessica Parker. There was just a lot to this movie that I. It must be generational, like. Maybe like kids movies got away with more back then, but, thirty years later you're like, hmm, death virginity and yabos <laughs> this movie's taking some swings that it really doesn't need yeah yeah i i would say that is my overall reaction to the movie that i didn't expect those elements effortlessly yes. sprinkled throughout an otherwise very jaunty light-hearted and goofy movie can i blow your mind with something please so I was trying to come up with a list of like old soul things about this movie. Yeah. So we could talk about it. Obviously, the big one is that I Put a Spell on You is in it. Right. Which is a song from the 50s. Um, but I didn't know until I was reading about it today that, um, you know, the couple, it's like when the, the witches go into their house and one of them, it's like a dude in a devil, red devil costume and he's like dancing with Sarah Jessica Parker and his wife gets all mad at him for dancing with her and stuff. Yeah. So that was Gary and Penny Marshall and I didn't know that. Oh. Who are siblings in real life. 
also weird. Also weird. <laughs> so Gary Marshall, the creator of Happy Days. Yeah. Penny Marshall from Laverne and Shirley, who directed Big and a million other movies. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, just that was randomly making a cameo. Yeah. Just one scene. I always thought it was a weird scene. And now I'm doing one of those things where you find out it's somebody you like, and then you're like, oh, I love that scene. <laughs> it's so funny. Not weird at all. <laughs> yeah, let's no. just rewrite. Old, old man yeah. dancing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's Gary Marshall. Love it. My favorite. Well, that is so funny because I never would have known that. And Gary Marshall, too, that's a person where I know the name. I don't think I ever could identify the man's face. I mean, because, yeah. I'm not sure where have I, I would have told seen my, his face other than maybe in My interview. Gary Marshall story? No. You have a Gary Marshall story? So, huh. so uh, I'm in line for a porta potty at a music festival. <laughs> Why do you keep approaching the rich and, and famous I... <laughs> when they must take care of personal matters? Continue your story, Danny. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did not. This, I, I did not meet Carrie Marshall. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I believe you 100. <laughs> percent I was like, wow, was, was he even this is worse. alive long enough for you to meet him at a music festival bathroom? I'm not sure. Oh, this is worse that I could just tell a story about me seeing a celebrity in line for a bathroom and you're like, yeah, Danny would go talk to him. I had to go. I really had to go. Wow. <laughs> anyway, those are old soul things about it. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of time. I do want to tell you one crazy fun fact. Please do. Leonardo DiCaprio turned down the role of this movie because he auditioned for it. Did he really? Yes, but then uh, he was offered Gilbert Grape. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Oh. He did that instead. That was probably a better move for the man. It worked out. Yeah. For him. Sure did. Wow. That's a fun fact. Huh. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on Hocus Pocus while you were watching it that were weird or that you liked about it? Your overall feeling coming out of it? Um, my only old soul type of thought was, uh, as you mentioned before, it's sort of a child autonomy wonderland. Um, but what it reminded me of is stories that I heard from my parents about what it was like being a child in the 50s, where the parents would just go, go out to a party leave the kids unattended. They're not thinking about the kids. They're not worried about the kids. The kids are running around making mischief. Um, I don't know if, if you've heard stories like that, uh, but that's what I've heard from my parents. That uh, That's such a good one. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad I didn't think of it. That's literally the plot to Halloween, <laughs> which came out in 79, I think. Right. Where it's like parents are all at a party, you're on your own. Yeah. That's a, a, a trope. But you're right. Like my dad... Because I grew up in North Jersey. He said when... Oh, I grew up in Central. He grew up in North Jersey. He said when he was 12, he would take the, the bus to New York for the day by himself. Wow. That's it's, nuts. It's nuts. He would never do that now. It's shocking. That was in the 60s. Yeah, no, that's a really good take. That, like, you just would not have this movie now. No parent is, like, leaving their kid unattended. Right. And that's, Halloween. that's why it probably seemed like such a crazy thing to watch when you were a kid. Um, because that's just not the world that you grew up in, you know? Yeah. Well, growing yeah. up, uh, M M Max, who I'm pretty sure is played by a Jewish guy, 
uh, ha- has a sleepover with Allison, who as a kid I had a big crush on, uh, <laughs> and I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And he had confidence. Like, he asks out Allison immediately. The first yeah. time you ever meet him, he's like, here's my number, 555. Like, and then and then she hands it back to him and goes, trick or treat, and walks away. And as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever. So now I kind of watch this movie, like, through the prism of how cool I thought Max was when I was growing up. <laughs> I, you know, I thought... I thought we'd be goofier about this movie, and instead I'm I'm breaking it down for its themes and tropes. What's wrong with me? Wow. Is this an informative podcast? We're just supposed to react to things and make sounds. <laughs> I always wanted a child, and now I'll have one on toast. There, that's goofy. That's fun. I like that line. Is that in the movie? Yeah. Bette Midler says it. I always wanted a child, and now I'll have one on toast. I wrote Is it down. Is that your favorite line? Yes, I wrote you it wrote down. You wrote down that line? I did. I wrote favorite line, tell Danny. The toast <laughs> line. <laughs> Everyone knows the toast line. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so good. Did I watch a uh. different version that had an extra toast line? You've seen this movie every year. Did, did I, you watch did the I hallucinate sequel? the toast line? I did not watch the sequel. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, just email me and say Toastline if you know what she's talking about. Because I don't, and I'm embarrassed about it. Wow. Oh, I also wrote down, it's pretty pathetic to get bullied by a guy wearing a kilt. There. <laughs> that's my other commentary. Is that is that the guy that's not James Franco, but just looks like James Franco with like a Kurt Cobain wig on? With a Kurt Cobain wig? Exactly. Exactly that guy. This is a true story. Uh, I fast forward through all the bully scenes. Oh, really? Because I I can't stand bullies. And it makes me upset. So my my wife and I got to that scene in the cemetery, and I immediately fast forward through it. Mm. Good move. I I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But those are weird. And that guy with the ice uh, shaved in the back (laughs) of his head. Yeah. I did like that guy. And they're all... they're always like, give me your candy. <laughs> it's like, why is candy a monetary value? <laughs> go trick-or-treating. You could go. Like, they're literally just, like, standing there outside of a house. Like, give me your candy. It's like, go ask them for candy. Right. It's free. That's true. It's, did not have a good plan. Yeah, were they trying to trick-or-treat in the cemetery with no success? Hey, Tombstone, <laughs> open the door. Yeah. Stop asking Tombstones for candy. But... One thing that's great about this movie, but is is funny to think about now, is how they don't like it. It's a clean ninety, which is smart, but it, there's so many things they don't solve. Like they never say what happens to all the children wandering the street when the witches die, because they're in a trance. They're wandering the street, and they die, and they never show them going back home. This is true. So they're just somewhere in the middle of the night. They don't solve that. Also, those two guys are in that shack. Right? This is the true. Two bullies are in cages, and they never solve that either. There's a lot of minors in harm's way at the end of this movie. <laughs> and the great part is, you know that the parents just don't care at all. So there's no one to help resolve the situation. Um, no, they're dancing. They're yeah. at a party. Children are fine. Nothing bad has ever happened. They're gonna be fine. Yeah, I have faith that. Uh... The kids got home. I think we can assume. La- <laughs> Last question. 
will you watch this again? Yes. I think I will because I genuinely enjoyed it. And now I also have to check if I hallucinated the toast line. <laughs> I have to check. Here's what happened. You were making breakfast, <laughs> thinking about our podcast. <laughs> and you said, I've always wanted a kid. And now I have one on toast. Hmm. Now I know that that can't be it. Because I've never had that thought in my life. No kids for me, Danny. Blah, blah. Do, do kids our age? Kids. Do people our age eat toast? <laughs> I feel like that's like a stereotypical thing, but how much like eggs, toast, and bacon are, are people our age eating? For? I feel like they just like make an acai bowl or something. <laughs> they're, like... <laughs> they're eating like Greek yogurt. It's heavy in protein. You know, like yeah. who's making stereotypical breakfast anymore that has zero fruit or vegetables? That's true. Right. Who's having a, a bowl of salted grits? I'm not <laughs> sure anyone I know. You really need to be on Golden Bachelor. My gosh. (laughs) Salted grits. (laughs) Gary, don't pick anyone yet. There's one more entry. (laughs) Hey, Gary, have you tried my salted grits? (laughs) (laughs) Flirtation at its finest. While all these girls are saying dope, I just want to talk to you about... Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Our old reference is fun, Gary. Love me. 